this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Going commando. Are you? <laughs> you commando currently. Oh, no comment. That's right. You gotta tease the audience. Keep them guessing. <laughs> Such a tease. Such a tease, Brett. Speaking of tees, you can go buy some t-shirts. <laughs> ho, ho. Hi-o. <laughs> Teespring.com slash store slash WTM watch this movie. In about a week, be putting up some new designs. Yeah. I've seen all the designs so far, and they're pretty fucking sweet. Not going to lie. Thank you very much. Brett's been putting in some time. Yeah. I get creative when I have an idea. I can I can make it happen most of the times, but it took me a little bit to figure out Photoshop. So there's going to be a, a big uh, a bit of a, a jump in quality versus <laughs> the the designs that are currently out there. Steve's like, "Fuck it, hey! I bought the worst one." <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Steve and Movie Drone. But from one podcast to another, what what's this show? What is this? What are you listening to right now? This is WTM. Watch this movie, and I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. And the other guy you hear speaking in your ears is Mister Positivity. Yep. I hope it's going into your ears and not somewhere else, because that would be weird. I guess. Uh, today we are continuing our summer of sam sylvester stallone arnold schwarzenegger and mel gibson and today it's arnold it's uh a a A. for arnold (laughs) Uh, we are doing commando today wwe hall of famer arnold schwarzenegger former governor of california yep Former BFFs with our former governor, Jesse the Body. Yeah. Well, actually, technically, when he was governor, he was Jesse the Mind. He was. He was the Mind. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to get my wrestling names mixed up. Uh, I know all... you. I knew you just correct me if I said it. That's true. And omitted the Mind part. For a minute, I was I was thinking we had two WWE Hall of Famers in our Summer of Sam, but. Sylvester isn't in there. He just inducted Hulk Hogan. I see. Did Sly ever appear for promotional stuff on wrestling? Uh, I mean, besides probably. Rocky Three, where he, you know, battles Thunderlips, Hulk Hogan. I don't remember specifically, but I'm, I'm sure he has appeared at least a couple times. Like you said, he inducted Hulk Hogan. Like he mm-hmm. he did the induction speech. For- Are they pretty good friends? Never really well, from uh, Rocky Three. Just from, yeah, but well, how long ago did he induct him? Uh, oh, seven, I think. Okay. No, oh five. Well, they must have. Uh, Two thousand five. Been friends, stayed friends for a while. They're you know, bosom buddies. 
Tom Hanks too? <laughs> Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> no, he's not man enough. Well, he's a bosom buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you mentioned going commando. Now, was this a common phrase to you growing up? And it did not mean going without underwear. It meant, as you said earlier, murking some fools. No, I, I don't think that was a common phrase growing up until people learned what it meant as far as the undergarments thing goes. Yeah, I remember growing up, like if somebody uh, sees something badass, I guess, where like he doesn't hear, yeah. where he just goes nuts on people and just kills a couple dozen people in like 30 seconds and he's just unstoppable. It was like, oh, he's going commando. <laughs> I don't remember that being a common phrase. Must have been just around my little region. I guess. Didn't make it to the big cities. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not in the suburbs. So I think I was probably a little confused as a young lad growing up when people using going commando in reference to underwear. Mm-hmm. I was like thinking people are talking about a couple of badasses or something like, no they're just not wearing underwear that's very strange yeah i don't even know how that phrase came to be yeah neither did i through the commandos obviously uh arnold wears something because he stripped down to the skivvies to <laughs> row his boat <laughs> to the island <laughs> uh that was hilarious doesn't he any cam or anything he just puts it on once he gets to the island he didn't want to get it wet i guess i don't know <laughs> oh man you're gonna get at least one scene where he was shirtless yep gotta fill the quota it's weird that on the poster for commando the tagline is let's party is it why would it be it's let's party <laughs> <laughs> it's the poster that's on uh imdb it can't be right let's party <laughs> oh my goodness doesn't make any sense well it says down at the bottom the tagline is if there's a mission that no man could survive then he's the man for the job mm. let's party <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go over the deets here Commando came out in 1985 it's directed by Mark L. Lester starring Arnold Schwarzenegger Radon Chong. So I'm looking at the poster. Did you notice they made his uh, his camo face paint make it look like he's the Terminator? Yeah, I was just looking at it now. It kind of because it's like shaped the, in a different way. The uh, the left side of his face is clean, and well, I just the, saw the lights hitting him though. Then the right side has uh, you know, the uh, the streaks and whatnot around his eye. Yeah, Two Face. Uh, also starring Dan Hedaya, Vernon Wells as Bennett. I should say the names as well. Arnold is John Matrix, Radon Chong is Cindy, and Dan Hedaya is Arias. He was the, uh, the would crime be, lord. Would-be president. <laughs> yeah. Vernon Wells, former Toronto Blue Jay. Hey, didn't he play for the Twins for a while, too? <laughs> Did they sign him to a, a terrible contract? Well... Not this Vernon Wells. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Radon Chong was in Beat Street. Was she? Yep. Um, I was trying to remember what I know her from. 
And I think it was just this and... She's also in the color purple. Yeah, I haven't seen the color purple yet. Quest for Fire. Jeff Who Lives at Home. Yeah, I have seen Jeff Who Lives at Home, but I probably just didn't recognize her. I wasn't... Yeah. Because I think that is the only other, other thing I've seen her in, so I wasn't like, oh, that's the girl from Commando, <laughs> you know, 25 years later. Right. But, uh, yeah, this film also stars... James Olsen is Major General Franklin Kirby. Good old Jimmy Olsen, ace photographer. David Patrick Kelly as Sully in a incredible performance. He's my man, David he Patrick is Kelly. Perfect scumbag. He plays it so well. You got to believe that he's actually like that in real life because he's so good at playing that role. Alyssa Milano as Jenny Matrix. Bill Duke as Cook. Drew Snyder is Lawson. That's about it. Bill Duke, him and Arnold, uh, been in a few movies together. Mm-hmm. Predator. Predator. Anything else? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Bill Duke was in uh, Car Wash. Okay. Among other things. He was most recently in Mandy. Oh, he was in X-Men The Last Stand. I think he was in a couple of the X-Men movies. I see. Well, synopsis for Commando. A retired special forces colonel tries to save his daughter, who is abducted by his former subordinate. It's kind of a poor synopsis, but eh, you get the gist. Yeah. It's poorly worded, I guess. So this film starts out with one heck of a montage and a very jarring tonal shift in the music. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Well, it's not, I don't know if it's really a montage. It kind of is, kind of isn't, because it starts off with the garbage trunk shows up on the wrong day. Yeah. And uh, this guy's all pissed, and he's like, oh, I got to get up and take the trash out. They changed it, blah, 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 which is not suspicious whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Must have been a holiday, they said, <laughs> his wife says. And... uh <laughs> The garbage men just mow them down with Uzis. Just fucking, uh, or are they Tech Nines? I don't know what they're. Submachine guns. Yep. Very loud in the middle of the day, or, well, early morning in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And then they drive away in their Very garbage slowly truck. as well, in a garbage <laughs> truck. I think they were still making rounds. Hanging off the back. On the wrong day. <laughs> like, that's not suspicious whatsoever. And then from there... Bill Duke is uh, taking a look at a Cadillac on the showroom floor. <laughs> and for some reason, the key is in the ignition. Go ahead. Start it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, power. You know what I like best about this? The price. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he just would have drove off straight forward instead of backing up first. Yeah. Just like the price. And then you just. Leaves frame to the left. Just drives off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then he would have missed running over the salesman. Yeah. Which is half the fun. Goes right through the window. Did he get... I, I didn't notice because he had that car later in the movie. He, I assume he got plates for it. I don't know. Because otherwise it, it would probably be pretty easy to spot with the dealer plates on it. Saw the license plate was uh, DLR. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah? He's got just one of those plate holders, the the placeholder 
uh, those paper things that the dealers put up with their logo on it. <laughs> Get the window sticker in on the window still. <laughs> you taking her for a test drive? I'm surprised the salesman lets you take it up by yourself. <laughs> Usually they come with. And then uh, was it Bill Duke goes and blows up somebody's boat. Because Bill Duke does whatever Bill Duke wants. He's a badass motherfucker. But, uh, so that's out of the way. We've killed three people, at least. Yep. Probably more. And then enter a glistening Arnold. Oh, my God. (laughs) Get those close-ups on his fucking arms, carrying fucking, uh... He just carries a tree around. Tree trunks around. (laughs) (laughs) That was... The whole trunk all the way up to where it branches off, and it's about 10 feet. Yeah. And He's it, just hauling a tree around. It's probably, <laughs> uh, what, a foot and a half across? Something like that. At least a foot. Just diameter is like a, at least 18 inches. And he's just got it over his shoulder, you know, showing off the guns. You get a lot of close-ups of his muscles. And it's doing the, you know, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then uh, it shows kind of somebody sneaking up on him. As he's chopping wood. Yeah, and it's yeah. Alyssa Milano. And he's he sees her coming. He knows he's coming. Uh, she's coming. And then it's uh, Daddy Daughter Fun Time. Yeah, I actually, uh, I could play a little bit. I have the music cue here. <laughs> this is the exact moment when he turns around and, you know, embraces Alyssa Milano that, Music just cuts. There's no, like, <laughs> it just cuts. Yep. There might be, like, a one-second fade-out, fade-in. All right. <laughs> this is as the credits are rolling. And, and this is the montage. And during the credits, about. there's a montage. They're eating ice cream. They're doing karate. They're feeding a deer. They're fishing. They're swimming. And then it's sandwiches. <laughs> Daddy daughter fun time. Gonna rub an ice cream in each other's faces. <laughs> <laughs> they both look like George Costanza at the tennis matches. He looks like he's on a date with a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> is what it looks like. Several dates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would hope that's over the course of several days. And then as you hear now, yeah, the music just cuts hard back <laughs> into it. <laughs> enough of that (laughs) (laughs) they're feeding a baby deer where (laughs) is that normal and then they were doing catch and release fishing (laughs) yeah they don't even want to eat it i guess he's not gonna he's not gonna teach her to clean it yeah i guess it's just for fun well she making she makes sandwiches for him there's no mention of her mother through this entire movie so I have no idea what happened to her, because Arnold is apparently a single father. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you tell he's a very loving father, but their relationship still makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> he's a little too attached. It's probably from kissing each a, other on the lips. Probably being an absentee father for several <laughs> years, because he he uh, was traveling around the world murdering people. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> Apparently, he just retired from his job of assassinating world leaders. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I don't know what happened to the daughter in the meantime. Is she was in foster care or with relatives or what? There's no mention of any of this. Yeah, the plot of this movie is basically based off of the one leader that he didn't assassinate. <laughs> so the guy he didn't kill is the one that hired the kidnappers to come get him and kill the guy they replaced him with. Yeah. So it's like we, we deposed him and then we just let him go. <laughs> <laughs> He got away. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but uh, I think you have a clip here. They're, they're, so she's, uh, Alyssa Milano's making sandwiches, and uh, Arnold's reading one of her teeny bopper magazines <laughs> while he's waiting for her to serve him because gender roles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's, he's confused by modern day pop culture. That he is. Here come the sandwiches. And why not they just call him Girl George? It will cut down all the confusion, I think. Oh, Dad, that's so old. <laughs> now, when I was a boy and rock and roll came to East Germany, communists said it was subversive. Maybe they were right. What's in this? You don't want to know. What's that army helicopter doing here? You said you wouldn't go away again. You said you were through. I'm not going anywhere. little curious what was in those sandwiches because she's just like you don't want to know like is it food (laughs) (laughs) is it edible i don't know i saw some tomatoes yeah i don't know there's there's a bunch of hodgepodge i guess i don't know should have put that fish in there i I suppose arnold's good one sandwich is all he needs (laughs) he is full for the day well they did have ice cream already (laughs) Although I don't know how much got in their mouths. You think they'd have to spread out that montage over, you know, that was like a week's worth of activities, but we're in the same fucking clothes in each one. (laughs) (laughs) That is a full day. It seems like he was already chopping down trees and carrying them around his yard for six hours. They did it just one after the other. Just, you know, nonstop. I like to think they do that every day. It's just their routine. <laughs> Ice cream, karate, feeding a deer, fishing, swimming, and sandwiches. And, and it's then, only noon because <laughs> it's lunchtime. <laughs> and every every lunchtime, Arnold just has an awkward icebreaker. <laughs> Pop culture icebreaker. What's this called? Girl George. <laughs> I'm starting to believe the communists. <laughs> So the the army helicopters show up. It's his old what is commander or his colonel or whatever Kirby. I thought it was strange as a Kirby called him John the entire time, and he says it con- like every sentence he's got to say John. Like you don't know who he's talking to. 
if he doesn't say John's name. Mm-hmm. I would think you'd call him by his last name. Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty cool name. John Matrix. John Matrix. And this was before the Matrix mm-hmm. ruined everything for all the <laughs> Matrixes. <laughs> What's what, it, okay. What's his daughter's name? Jenny? So she's Jenny Matrix? I got a question for you. Yeah. If you were writing a sentence and he said, Bennett kidnapped John Matrix's daughter, would it be spelled M-A-T-R-I-X apostrophe? Right? John Matrix's Matrix's daughter. You wouldn't go X apostrophe S, would you? I would, because it looks silly without it. I don't know what the rule is. You know, if it's still James's daughter, you don't put S apostrophe S. Yeah, but that's an S. Yeah, this is an X. Right, it's different. (laughs) I thought they might treat it similarly. I was hoping you'd have my uh, English lesson for the day. uh, I don't recall that being a rule. (laughs) I don't think there's a lot of possessive words that end in X. Exactly. Maybe the English professors that are diehard listeners of this podcast can tweet at us. Yeah, speaking of East Germans, how about some grammar Nazis hit us (laughs) up and tell us what the rules are? You know who you are. It's just a question. And I don't throw around the term Nazi lightly. It's a very (laughs) serious thing, and I would never do that. (laughs) But if you're a grammar Nazi... Well, you're running for Congress, aren't you? Congress of... I was going to say something funny, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you can leave it in. So, yeah, Kirby comes and tells John, hey, John, your crew's been taken out. John, uh, Bennett's dead. John, <laughs> the other guy's dead. John, the car salesman's dead. John, I think they're coming for you. John, I'm going to leave some lookouts here. Who aren't even going to look out. <laughs> I'm going to leave two men. They're going to get murdered by people coming from right in front of them. I take that back. One was murdered, the other was wounded, and then John Matrix uh, shamed him for not seeing the attack coming. He's like, I could smell him. <laughs> Downwind. Like, what, are you small con? Yeah, I did. <laughs> You little bitch. Like, I fucking smelled him. Like the fucking Wolverine. <laughs> so, yeah, they... Uh, he didn't hear the helicopter in the earlier scene. He just smelled it coming. <laughs> <laughs> in his dining room. Dad, what's wrong? <sighs> Helicopters. <laughs> yeah. Those uh, those goons w- uh, didn't wait to uh, to attack either. Like, as soon as... The helicopters left, like, the gunshots were coming. Like, they didn't even clear the airspace. People yeah. were shooting. But, uh, let's see. Yeah, John uh, goes into his back room and uh, starts strapping up. Because <laughs> he's got all the guns. Yep. And then uh, he finds that his daughter's been kidnapped. David Patrick Kelly just lounging in a chair. What's up, John? <laughs> No, that was a different guy. Oh, wait, who was it in there? It was, uh, I don't know, some guy, because he doesn't survive the scene. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Matrix just fucking kills him. <laughs> I, forget, I forget if I asked you to do the, the clip on this one or not, because he's like, you got to cooperate, right? And Matrix is like, wrong. And then he just 
murks them. <laughs> <laughs> he goes commando on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have that clip. All right. You didn't ask for it. And then uh, they've disabled his truck. Yep. But they're driving down. It's a hill, and it's a windy road, so you got to go like sideways down the hill, and then you do like a U-turn, and you go the other way, and then a U-turn, and go the other mm-hmm. way. And it's one of those roads. So John's like, fuck it, my car don't work. I was just going to jump in it, roll it down the hill, and then pray. <laughs> that these people are stupid enough to keep driving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Try to outrace me down the hill. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's coming. They're like, oh, that was a close one. Oh, it's like, well, just, just stop. Because like, he uh, watch him. John like, get John, to like the bottom passes him at one point, and then they, they speed up and they get in front of him again. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know how fast they're going to do that, but I would think that you just let him crash. He's got Which, no brakes either. He eventually does crash. Completely unarmed. And he's apprehended immediately. John Matrix is invincible. Yeah. He cannot be hurt. And he proves it over and over again. Let's see. Uh, I think the next scene is where they have him tied up on the slab. Yeah. I had a hard time hearing this scene. It was super mm-hmm. fucking quiet. But uh, Bennett there, he faked his death. He's still alive. And he's rocking that knit mesh tank top. Yeah, he has very loose-fitting clothes because he's doughy as fuck and <laughs> out of shape. And he's one of the least menacing villains I've ever seen in an Arnold movie. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, this guy's an elite commando. He's an Australian doughboy. <laughs> and he's an elite American commando. He's like me if I were two inches shorter and put on another 15, 20 pounds. Oh, at least. Probably, probably <laughs> about 40 or 50. He's got some muscle to him, but it's just like. Not much. What do you see him like get. Uh, His arms are like much smaller than <laughs> Yeah. Like not even close. Like when he gets back into the car. Uh, when he drops Arnold off at the airport, just see his gut poking out through his loose clothing. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's like, wow, he's this guy is very non-threatening. So he's got like a, it's like a, it's either a t-shirt or like a, a sweatshirt where he's got the sleeves cut off, and then he's got this mesh tank top over it that looks like it's like knitted out of yarn, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know if it's supposed to be like metal, like it's body armor. Or if that's actually like a sweater with no sleeves on it. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> He's just been wearing it for about five years, so it's just a little worn, <laughs> tattered. It's a it's a bold fashion choice by Bennett. And it's his signature look, because he never changes out of it. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, the big plan is whoever Dan Hyatt's character is... Uh, he was overthrown as president of this made-up country called Valverde. And he's like, I need John Matrix to overthrow the president that you put in place of me so that I can take his place again. So we're going to blackmail him by kidnapping his daughter. Mm. And he's got to do whatever we tell him. I mean, we have his daughter. <laughs> but he doesn't play by the rules. He does whatever the fuck he wants. He's John Matrix. Bill Duke should have been the the main villain. He really should have. Although he's kind of a doughboy too. Yeah, but he he I still find him more menacing than 
Vernon, uh, Bennett, Vernon Wells. I was going to ask you a question, but I'll, I'll uh, but why you think he's more menacing? But we won't go there. It's the eyes, like a doll's eyes. <laughs> I see. The speech from Jaws that describes Bill Duke. I see. He'd be more menacing if he was constantly rubbing a dry razor across his face. <laughs> that too. <laughs> this dry shaving, or I should say, sweat shaving. <laughs> So uh, at the airport is where we meet David Patrick Kelly because he's yeah. in charge of making sure that John Matrix gets on the plane to Valverde. And then uh, who's the other guy? Velasquez or something like that? I forget the other guy's name. Yeah, I have a series of four clips here, and they all feature David Patrick Kelly. His name is Sully. Yep. But sometimes it sounds like they call him Sally. <laughs> In this first one, they're just uh, dropping Matrix off at the airport. He's dropping him and his his comrade off with Matrix yep. to get on the plane. And then that dude is going to fly with Matrix to Valverde and make sure he gets off the plane and gets mm-hmm. picked up by the goons down there. Here's the clip. We're running late, buddy. So you and Bennett met in the service. Eh? I mean, Enriquez is in the service, too. There's nothing like old war buddies. Well, have a nice trip, huh? Take care. Oh, here. Have some beers in Valverde Matrix. It'll give everyone a little more time with your daughter. You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Move. Hasta luego, fellas. Just wanted a little more time with his daughter, I guess. <laughs> Although that what does fit David Patrick Kelly in here. He is constantly he is, looking for women. He's a fucking well, while he's alive. That is, he's a fucking pervert. Yeah, I will. I will kill you last. <laughs> All right, have a good flight. The next clip of him is in the parking garage. Did you want to talk about that first, or what goes on on the plane first? Well, that's uh, it's kind of at the same time. No, because all the, the plane stuff happens before that. Because cause Matrix is I suppose, back in yeah, the he is looking for him, but he hasn't found him yet. Yep. So, yep, they're on the plane, they get seated, and uh, Matrix asks for a, a pillow and a blanket. Mm-hmm. And the guy next to him is like, whatever, that's fine. And then, <laughs> next snap. Yep. And I couldn't help but think, because Matrix is about to... Jump off of this airplane. <laughs> I couldn't help but think in about an hour, that whole plane is just going to smell like shit right. for 10 hours. <laughs> it's an 11-hour flight. Nobody notices it until they land. <laughs> <laughs> like, that place is going to smell like shit. And they were in first class, so you'd think first class people would complain. Although they're going to Velt Verde, so probably a developing country, maybe they're used to it. You know, we learned about it on South Park, but also remember there's that line from The Goods when uh, Catherine Hahn is giving that speech to rally the troops at the car dealership? Yeah. What's that line? I got to tell you people on TV, they don't show the dead man when the poop leaves the butt. Make no mistake, gentlemen. When you die, poop. Leaves your butt. <laughs> if you heard our uh, Citizen Toxie 
episode, you also know that they established that you shit yourself when you die. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, if you're an old lady who gets hit by a car. <laughs> yep. Very graphically. Uh, oh, yeah, he hits him with the back elbow first, and then he neck snaps him on the mm-hmm. plane, which is pretty sweet. He finagles his way below the cabin. Yeah, he's uh, he heads into the... Uh, the flight attendant's area hides in the bathroom for a minute to avoid them. And then he gets into the uh, baggage area, which they put the dog cages right by the door. Mm-hmm. It seems like a odd place. And then he's ripping through other barriers, and he gets into the landing gear <laughs> <laughs> as the plane is rolling down the runway about to take off. This shot is one of two shots in particular that are unintentionally hilarious. Stunts at the time were like, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Right. But now look hilariously cheap and bad. Well, I think the most hilarious thing about it is how unrealistic (laughs) just the whole scenario is of him (laughs) climbing out of the landing gear as the plane is taking off. And it's probably a couple hundred feet up in the air by the time he lets go, because they're beyond the runway. And uh, well, he just, just just leaving the runway. Yeah, and they're over a swampy area. Luckily, there's a swampy area right beyond the runway, and not a not a interstate freeway. Because he drops off over that, drops about two three hundred feet into a little uh, grassy area. It's like reeds on the edge of the swamp. Yeah, in the wetlands. Cattails. No no splash. Just lands. Kind of (laughs) just lands softly. Because when you see him, he he only drops about 20 feet. He lands and then immediately gets up and starts running. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I could buy, if it was a pond that was deeper, has more water, Yeah. maybe a little lower. If he drops 100 feet, I could buy Arnold surviving that. Well, yeah, like just the he, way they show him falling is just hilarious. Like if he fell in the in a pond that was, you know, a big maybe splash. 30, 40 feet deep and he goes all the way to the bottom and then it's going to swim back up. Yeah, that's I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but to just hit the ground and stop. Yeah, he would have bounced. Yeah, so then he, would, he hit the edge of the pond is what I think they were going for because it was the yeah. cattails. Yeah, the edge of the swamp for but. sure. So he did land in some water, but yeah, there's no splash or anything. There's no splash. It doesn't like go down like into the ground at all. Mm-hmm. It was very little cushion there. Yeah, then he books it for the terminal. It's right back in there. They'll let anybody in an airport in 1985. And uh, so David Patrick Kelly Sully made a phone call. Yeah, and uh, he notices. Uh, uh, what's her name in here? Cindy. Cindy. The pilot, right? Apparently. Yeah, because at first I'm like, oh, stewardess. And then, but she has wings and she drives a Porsche. So I was like, how the fuck does a, a stewardess afford a Porsche? And then, you know, she flies a plane later. I, did, <laughs> I didn't even put together that she worked for the airlines until, oh, really? until uh, at the end of the movie when she's flying that uh, that amphibious plane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck? She's a pilot? When did this happen? Did I <laughs> did I miss something? I just assumed she was a stewardess right away because it was the 1980s. 
and uh, it was a person of color in a cheesy action movie. <laughs> true, true. Well, and then she was. And she's the... wearing the the her uniform. Yeah. It's quite similar to that of a stewardess, but well, she has wings. Watching it again, she has a uh, pilot's wings on there. Hmm. I didn't notice. She's only like twenty four when this movie came out. Yeah. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Have a twenty four year old pilot. But uh, he tries uh, working his magic on her in the terminal, and she's not having it. Yeah, because I think on the phone she was talking like, oh, my flight got canceled, and then my boyfriend canceled on me or something like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, He Sully, tries to swoop in. Sully's <laughs> like, yeah, hey, I'm here. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. He ends up following her out to the parking garage, and I have a clip from that. It's a Me Too moment. <laughs> hey. Hey, slow down. You know, I got something I'd really like to give you. I'm not interested. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. From here, it looks like a nightmare. Would you please leave me alone? You fucking whore. Just goes from <laughs> zero to 60. <laughs> the drop of a hat. You fucking whore. <laughs> How dare you say no to me? You must be a fucking whore. <laughs> uh, Even though there's evidence to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he could have done the, the Manny Rivera, you know, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Lesbian. <laughs> still, what's that with that with your fucking tongue? looks like a fucking lizard, man. <laughs> My friend over here is going to stick his tongue out of that lady. <laughs> <laughs> that always gets me about that movie, too, where the mom that's sitting next to her son just doesn't give a shit that some stranger in a suit came down and sat down next to her son and just started talking to him about, look over there. Well, he wasn't wearing his, he was wearing his casual stuff. Well, he had his, I think he had his jacket off. He was carrying it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but he was just hanging out at the beach. People friendly. It was the 80s. <laughs> there were no pedophiles in the 80s. <laughs> All right. Um, so right after that is when Sully leaves and she goes to get in her car and Arnold surprises her. Yeah. Surprise, you're kidnapped. <laughs> just, you just, you know, what does he put a gun on her? No, he grabs her from behind. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a gun yet. And then he gets her in the driver's seat, and then he rips the passenger seat out and just throws it to the side. Just so he can sit lower. Yeah. That's it. Like, just, you know. Be more inconspicuous. Or, you know, uh, bend the seat back. Well, then Pull the release. Then he can't see. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> um <laughs> So she, he makes her follow Sully uh, to, to lead them to a mall. To the Galleria. Yeah, the Galleria, where he would return <laughs> six years later <laughs> to save John Connor. Uh, just loves the mall. Have you seen this boy? Yeah, I think he said he was going to go to the Galleria. <laughs> the Galleria? Oh, thank you. You've been very helpful. <laughs> Oh, man. Robert Patrick was also very interested. Oh, so good. So, yeah, Sully's there to uh, make an exchange. Exchanging some money for, uh, what, passports? I think they're passports. 
I didn't really get that. I guess they were getting passports to Val, so they could go to Valverde. I don't know. And uh, so Matrix and Cindy are outside, and he's like, you got to go in there, and I'm going to wait out here. And she immediately just goes to the cops. There's a cop in the bar. Yeah, so they're in the mall, like in the common area. On the theater level. Hanging out behind a pillar, sneaking a peek at the bar where Sully is hanging out. Yeah, and he sends... Looking very suspicious. Very much so. Ducking in and out from behind the pillar. But you can still see him the whole time. <laughs> he's six two and two fifty. Like, dude, you gotta you gotta go a little bit to the left. <laughs> or two seventy. He's probably what? What do yeah. you think? How how much do you think he weighs? Oh, at least two seventy. Yeah. Especially in this movie. Did you see him carry that tree trunk? <laughs> the tree weighed more than he did. <laughs> did you see him chopping that wood? Uh so yeah. Sully's, uh, You're, I got a clip from that. You got scene, a clip yeah. of that? Is Sully uh, making some small talk with his <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to get, <laughs> I had to capture the scene. Just how <laughs> horrific <laughs> Tim and Patrick Kelly describes this bar. This great character <laughs> development. It's a, it's a longer clip because it's in it. You hear Cindy uh, talk to the cop. You hear some of the cops talking to each other on the radio, which is also quite funny. They're not real cops. They're mall security. That's right. Yeah, sorry. They're mall security, but they're rent-a-cops. So it's a bit of a longer clip. Listen, there's this huge guy outside in a green t-shirt, and he's a paranoid maniac, and he's kidnapped me, and I need your help. I'll check it out. Thank you. I hear you're a great man with transmissions. That's right. Just fine. Big, are you there? Listen. There's a guy over here that may be a wacko. I don't think I can handle him alone. I'll be right there. Want to see me kick some ass? <laughs> you better wait here, miss. Thank you. Attention, all units. Emergency on the theater level. Suspect, six foot two, brown hair. He's one gigantic motherfucker. Used to be a great place for hunting slash. It's got a little crowded now. I think I found something though. Let's see it. A great place for hunting slash. Oh my god! So many great lines in just that one short scene. Because <laughs> there's uh... the, the one mall cop is talking to a couple girls and just mm-hmm. hanging out. And, hey, you want to see me kick some ass? <laughs> He's one big motherfucker. <laughs> oh, we didn't really mention John sent Cindy in there to flirt with Sully to mm-hmm. bring him, him out. out. Yeah. But uh bring him out, bring him out. And then he spots her and he's like, Oh, I think I see something over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so then the cops or the rent cops confront Matrix and they are dealt with swiftly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> My favorite scene was, uh, or my favorite part of that scene was, uh, one of them got in a, a phone booth, and John <laughs> Matrix body slams the phone booth with the guy. That was in when it. Uh, Sully gets in there. Oh yeah, because Sully has Sully? a gun. Yeah, and he starts shooting, but then he retreats into the phone booth, 
He still has the gun and doesn't shoot Matrix as Matrix runs straight at him and closes the door and starts rocking it. And then, yeah, he just body slams body, the phone booth. He literally body slams it. <laughs> he picks it up, flips it over, and then slams it down on its back. And another foot chase ensues. Oh, and there's a shootout. There's a brawl. Yeah, Sully kill or uh, shoots a couple of innocent bystanders. How about this scene, this part where John, there's these all these inflatable tubes across the, the uh, from the balconies of the mall, you know, across mm-hmm. the, the middle, and John just takes one and he rips it with ease, and then he uh, uses it to swing across the mall, to land on the elevator. Was it Sully was going down on the elevator? I forget who was. Well, yeah, you, I believe so. But I I found that interesting that that uh, inflatable tube tore with such ease, mm-hmm. just two seconds before that, and then it can hold a two hundred eighty pound <laughs> man <laughs> swinging across the mall. We already established this, okay? He's much stronger than what he weighs. Okay, <laughs> the tree's like five hundred pounds. He's just. Lounging around with it. I guess. I guess he is. <laughs> he put about 1,000 PSI on that tube and he ripped it. It uh, just has to carry about 275. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, movie is ridiculous. It has no respect for the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we're about to find out in the next scene. Um, so they get back to the cars and a car chase ensues. It's uh, They're in the Porsche. And what is Sully driving? I forget. It's another sports so, car. Sully's got the Porsche. So okay, sorry. Sully has the Porsche, and, and Cindy has. Have, I don't know what a, some other kind of. It was like a Ferrari, or it was something expensive. It looked like a Miata, but I don't think they made Miatas yeah. back then. But uh, they go down in the parking ramp, and Sully hits uh, John with his car, and John just <laughs> no sells it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like it never happened. And then there's quite the car chase. Down the streets of Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles, right? I think so. I guess. I mean, Val Verde is in the Pacific Ocean, correct? <laughs> <laughs> or South America. It's it's some nondescript Latin American country. Yeah. Because in the 80s, the U.S. was just deposing Latin American leaders left and right <laughs> <laughs> with their CIA secret ops. We would not do such a thing. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Don't tell anybody. So, yeah, uh, long car chase, and then... <laughs> they get to to bumping side by side. Mm-hmm. And you would think John would be able to do a, a pit maneuver, but he doesn't know how to do it. You think he'd have more weight in his car. He's got two people, and one of them's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. But eventually, he gets him off the road, and he rolls over Sully, and then... Drives directly into a phone, uh, telephone pole. <laughs> at about 40, 50 miles an hour. Oh, at least. And uh, Neither Cindy, are wearing seatbelts. Cindy doesn't even have a seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let alone a seatbelt. <laughs> and neither one goes flying through the windshield over the ravine that's directly behind the pole. And John goes, are you okay? And Cindy goes, yeah. <laughs> 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 so funny because the dummies they have in the car when they filmed it, yeah. you see them just kind of, you know, lurch forward and back like they'd have a massive, you know, whiplash effect. 
Like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Brush it off. <laughs> Not a mark they, on them. They Not- should have flown out of the car and down into the canyon. Exactly. Like they they should have been launched about fifty feet. So yeah, Arnold goes over and grabs Sully out of the car and then he dangles him over the cliff. He holds with him one by, arm. Yeah, holds him by the ankle. So he's upside down. <laughs> this is my weak arm. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so badass, like we just standing there holding him. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I think you could tell on and there's a I mean, massive a, height difference. I mean, to film things. that you'd have to put the actor in a you know, in a steel cable holding him. Because mm. he can't just trust Arnold to do it, even though he probably could. Yeah. But, yeah, it looks pretty cool. They pulled off. And then uh, I have this clip. Nice. Kiss my ass. I can't hear you. I'll say it a little louder than get fucked. Listen, loyalty is very touching. But it is not the most important thing in your life right now. But what is important is gravity. I have to remind you, Sally. This is my weak arm. You can't kill me, Matrix. You need me to find your daughter. Where is she? I don't know. But cook those. I'll take you where I'm supposed to meet her. But you won't. Why not? Because I already know. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Matrix. You did. I lied. And then he goes over to Cindy and says, what happened to Sully? Uh, I let him go. (laughs) Or killer lines. We forgot to mention that when he gets dropped off at the airport, (laughs) I was like, hold on a second. And he goes to go after Ben. He goes, hey, Bennett, I'll be back. And he slams the door. (laughs) Just one year after Terminator. Yeah. Already like banking on it. Like this is making it big. Well, he did mention the the poster looks a little Terminator-ish. Mm-hmm. With, yep. uh, with the way they did his uh, his camouflage makeup. But uh, there are a ton of great one-liners in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, let's see. So they find out, he finds a, a motel key on Sully. I'm pretty sure that Cindy had a Porsche, because in my notes, I go, Arnold wrecks that Porsche. No, and Sully had a different one. No, Sully had the Porsche because they take Sully's car after the wreck. He Maybe just, they were both Porsches. I don't know. Sully's was definitely a Porsche. He had the yellow one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Matrix just rolls it back on those tires, completely damage-free. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, like I said, they found a, ho- a motel key in Sully's pocket, and they're like... Sully, we don't need him. We're going to the motel. That's where the next meetup is. Mm-hmm. Which is Cook, played by Bill Duke. And uh, while they're rummaging through the, the motel room, knocking the door, mm-hmm. well, Bill Duke's there. So they got a plan. Yeah, Cindy plays it off like she's sleeping with Sully. Like, well, he's in the shower, you know, that type of yeah. thing. Uh, Bill Duke's like, who are you? Like, Room service? <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> and then it's a, it's a trap, and they throw down. Him and John Majorix throw mm-hmm. down. Even have a little clip with another Killer Arnold line yes. from the middle of the fight. You scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because this Green Beret's going to kick your big ass. 
I ate green berets for breakfast. And right now I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. I can't believe they chose to like deliver the line while he's like grunting and like doing <laughs> physically exertive things. Right now I'm very hungry. Cindy is just speaking for all the wives that got dragged to the movie theater. <laughs> can't believe all this macho bullshit. How about uh, when they break through into the adjoining room? What was that couple doing? Oh, yes. Because they're the guy. I think she was pegging him. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> like. Is it, was that a thing in 1985? Because I didn't learn about that until I saw it on Broad City. Yeah. And but uh, I guess there were peggers in the 80s. They were in that position. The dude was in front on all fours and uh, the girl was behind him. I suppose. On top. Very strange see in the 80s but yeah arnold finishes off cook he gets impaled on something what does he get impaled on i believe it was the bottom of the coffee table okay it was the leg yeah that goes through him like it broke off and then it or it was upside down and he landed on it and then they uh they take bill duke's car that cadillac Mm. that he stole earlier (laughs) yeah And uh, where they find uh, directions in his glove compartment. I didn't know they had MapQuest in 1985. I guess. But uh, they go to Patria Enterprises, which is uh, like a warehouse. Mm -hmm. And there's a fence around it with a chain and lock. With John John just rips it like it's paper. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Yeah, so they break in, they climb through a window, and then uh, they end up in an office, and uh, they're looking for clues or whatnot on how they're where they're uh, holding his daughter. Mm-hmm. And Cindy goes, "Look, here's a photo of an amphibian plane." <laughs> Great dialogue. <laughs> like that seemed out of place. Well, it kind of fits with the rest of the dialogue. Outside of David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> or David Patrick Kelly. David Patrick Kelly. David Hyde Pierce. Why am I dragging him in here? <laughs> so it was at that point where I'm like, why does she know so much about airplanes? Yep. Because I didn't know she was a pilot. I believe this is about the time where it cuts to the compound where she's being held and uh, Bennett is talking to, uh, what's the guy's name again? Ariusa? I think you're skipping ahead a little bit. Do you want to talk about going to Surplus City? Just stock it up? Yeah. (laughs) Driving a bulldozer through the front of the store. (laughs) And then he gets arrested. But they they don't do anything to Cindy, who has all the... She has the entire arsenal in her car. That's right. Which is stolen. Which is a stolen car. Yeah, we can't skip past the rocket launcher. (laughs) Which he... Initially shoots backwards because yep. that's the obligatory 80s trope is the you get the rocket launcher and you shoot it backwards the first time because you don't know how to work, mm-hmm. how it works, which seems odd because I would think the trigger would only go one way. Yeah. Unless they're just a button. I don't know. But she blows up the paddy wagon with John Matrix in the <laughs> back. They didn't even handcuff him, which seemed odd. Paddy wagon blows up. Flies in the air. This will do the trick. I'm not going to danger his life at all. <laughs> totally unarmed. This dude is Superman. <laughs> we also got a cameo from 
Bill Paxton at this point. That's right. He's uh, the Coast Guard uh, warning that they're flying in the no-fly zone. I thought that was weird how small of a role he had. But then again, Aliens was 86 a year later. The Aliens was probably definitely his biggest role to yeah. up to that time. But When was Weird Science? Because he was in that too, right? I think that was 85. Let's yeah. see. Yep, 85. So, yeah, I, I don't know what he did before that, but I think it makes sense that he had kind of a smaller role. So, yeah. Matrix and Cindy are on their way to the island. Bill Paxton, short cameo, saying, stay out of the no-fly zone. And then uh, we get to see what uh, what's going on with old, uh, is it Jenny? I keep wanting to say Jenny, but yeah, Jenny at the compound. And she's starting to figure out ways of breaking out of her room. She's Sorry. definitely John Matrix's daughter. She's got a butter knife. And she's just ripping apart walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, they boarded up all the doorways. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Resourceful. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's a clip from uh, outside her room where. Oh, the badass guy's guarding her. Yeah. Talking shit. And uh, <laughs> says something very uncool to Bennett and. For some odd reason, Bennett does something like good natured. <laughs> kind of. Bennett kind of is not Jenny. He's not in the mood for jokes. Yeah. And uh there's a conversation between him and Arius uh, right after on this clip. Slitting a little girl's throat is like cutting warm butter. Put the knife away. And shut your mouth. I love listening to your little pissant soldiers trying to talk tough. They make me laugh. If Matrix was here, he'd laugh too. Mr. Bennett, my soldiers are patriots. Your soldiers are nothing. Matrix and I could kill every one of them in the blink of an eye. Remember that. Are you trying to frighten me? I don't have to try. When Matrix finishes the job, he'll be back for his daughter. Now, whether she's alive or dead, doesn't matter. Then he'll be after you. Now, the only thing between Matrix and you is me. It is you that is afraid, Mr. Bennett. You are afraid of Matrix. Of course, I'm smart. But I have an edge. I have his daughter. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so he thinks. Yeah, now she, she's in a, basically in a crawl space. She just escaped. Out. She just escaped. So yeah, Arnold uh, or uh, Matrix and Cindy land in the ocean about 300 feet away from the shore. And Arnold immediately strips. <laughs> just gets gets down to his skivvies. Uh, at the same time, the flight that he was supposed to be on has landed in Valverde, so they know that he's not on the plane because they thought he they think he's been on the plane the entire time. So he had, you know, twelve hours to get there 
before they found out he was missing, and they, uh, then they would kill Sin uh, Jenny. But yeah, uh, Arnold had set his watch uh, for eleven hours, right? Uh, yeah, it was like an eleven-hour flight. So there's two guys waiting in Valverde to pick him up, and then they see his travel buddy rolling out on a stretcher, and then they pull across, pull over the the, the sheet. And he's like, and like uh, smells like shit. <laughs> he's like ghost white. Like he's lost all of the blood in his body, even though he wasn't bleeding. Yeah. Like that decomposition happened pretty quick. Yep. Um, but uh Yeah, and then it's uh rampage time. You ever play GTA and then you do those rampage missions? That's mm-hmm. what uh John Matrix is doing in this scene. You do that on missions? I would just not do missions and do rampage. (laughs) No, but there'd be like side missions where it's like, there were like secret missions or whatever. Yeah. Like you go to a spot and like you get the thing and it's a rampage and you kill X number of people. And there'd just be like hundreds of people coming at you with guns and you just have to mow them all down. Mm -hmm. That's what John Matrix is doing. I would just get six stars and wait on top of a building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the rampage is it was uh, progress through uh, to a hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I like to rampage all the time, and I don't need a mission to. I get it. Have it tell me to rampage. This is GTA. Yeah, but I don't know. It is what it is. It's a thing. I was going to try to keep track of how many people he blew up. I got to ten people in five buildings. You mean models people? and toy mannequins? How many people he killed? <laughs> because he just mows down like 10 of them right in a row and then he starts setting off these bombs that he that he had set and then he uh they're coming in carloads like five or six at a time and he's killing all those people he's throwing grenades at them he's just standing in place and everyone's (laughs) running at him firing in him but nobody can fucking hit uh an object that doesn't move yeah (laughs) and he's just spraying he's got one of those uh those machine guns with the uh, the belt. Like an M60? Yeah. And he's just spraying it indiscriminately, uh, and yet he's got great accuracy. Mm-hmm. You ever seen Hot Shots Part Do? Yeah. Okay. They kind of make fun of that a little bit, but... The only thing I really remember from that is when uh, Lloyd Bridges drops his hat. <laughs> he's like... I gotta go back and get it. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, we won't go back, but remember where this. Remember this spot. We'll pick it up on the way back. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh yeah, so I wrote. So I got the the kills. I got the ten kills, five buildings, and then I said Jenny escapes. John kills more soldiers. Rocket launcher, pitchfork, circular saws. Circular saw blades. Machete, I think that was the gun. the iconic commando scene is when he's in the garden shed. Yeah, and a pitchfork to the guy coming in the door, <laughs> and then he starts throwing saw blades around. <laughs> it cuts the top half of some guy's head off, and then he kills two more with saw blades. I think. Yeah, that is, I think, the definition of Merkin fools. And then uh, what? It, I think he cuts somebody's arm off with a machete. Yeah, he just goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> just no remorse. 
with no regard for human de- <laughs> is it human decency or human life? For human life. Human life. With no regard for human life. Up high, down hard. <laughs> they call that the high hard one. <laughs> uh, Matrix and Arius getting a shootout, and uh, Arius goes out like Scarface. Gets yep. uh, riddled with bullets and then falls over the the railing. It's been two years after Scarface. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Jenny ends up in like a, a boiler room with Bennett uh, stalking her. He has a gun, of course. And yeah. And then John gets shot in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Just shrugs it off. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Is this where he convinces him to put down his gun? Yeah. So he gets shot in the shoulder and he's like, hey. You probably shouldn't shoot me because that's a pussy way to do it. You know, you you don't want the gun. You want the knife. You want to stick it in me and twist it and look into my eyes. And if you watch closely, just look at the expressions and the noises that Bennett is making. I think he ejaculates in his pants about four times. <laughs> I think so. He is. He's really into all it. about fighting Arnold one on one, which is a <laughs> terrible choice. He's like. Uh, this is my dream. He really wants to stick it in him. He's been dreaming of, <laughs> of stabbing Arnold for years. <laughs> <laughs> and putting him down. You know, he's been wanting to stab him and lay him down. And <laughs> now's his chance. He's got the upper hand. Arnold got shot in the arm mm-hmm. and the shoulder. And Silly uh, roughhouse for a bit. Yeah. They got they some get, pretty got badass knives. knives. Yeah. And Arnold gets cut right away, and but then he cuts Bennett. Almost ben- looked down the road. Looked like it was going to yeah. maybe bleed out almost, but just must have missed it. How about Bennett getting electrocuted and then no selling that? Yep. He just <laughs> snaps out of it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I feel great. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> How are these guys even human? <laughs> Like, there are so many things that would kill just any living person that these uh, these actors just walk through like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So then they're uh, roughhousing around the, uh, like, a oven? Well, it's like a boiler, I think. I suppose the boiler's open, and Bennett all of a sudden just has the strength of Arnold and rips off the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, that was Arnold, sorry. Arnold rips off the door. Because uh, Bennett has the pipe, and he's beating him with it. <laughs> he defends himself with the door. Yeah, and then Arnold gets the pipe. Because well, he, he javelin throws it through Bennett's Well, he, no, he rips off another pipe. Okay, that's Off right. the wall. A uh, pipe that's wider in diameter. A much bigger pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and Because uh, uh, Bennett picks up a gun. He's like, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to shoot you type of deal. <laughs> and uh, he has to cock it first, so as he's cocking mm. it. Matrix rips the pipe off the wall right. and Javin throws it through him into basically the boiler. Like um, into the wall. Basically. Well, it's like uh, there's a tank behind him yeah. of, of steam. Oh, that's right. All right. And then steam comes out through his chest through the pipe. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. And then uh, we got a clip here. John, I feel good. Just like old times. What's it feel like to be a dying man? Dead man, John! Bullshit! 
gonna shoot you between the eyes. He's gonna shoot you between the balls. That's a great line. Killer lines. I'm gonna shoot you between the balls. So why would you want to shoot between the balls? You just want to shoot the balls. Well, I think he's gonna shoot him in the dick. Could you don't shoot the guy? You don't shoot people in but the you, dick. You don't shoot a guy in the dick. <laughs> he's talking about his balls. Between the balls, I don't know. You just nick both of them, then maybe I don't know. <laughs> Hurts worse when you just nick it. If you go right <laughs> through the center, it's like it's more manageable. Well, that's like a, an MMA when you get kneed in the balls. It the straight on shot hurts less than when you just graze it in your cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, father and daughter are reunited, and it feels so good. And Cindy is the new mom. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) Even though she's much younger than Arnold. They get along like old friends. She's a 24-year-old airline pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Doing a lot of traveling, so she's going to be another absent mom. So it's more (laughs) daddy-daughter dates. (laughs) I don't know what airline she worked for, but they're pretty fucking progressive for 1985. They have a 24-year-old black woman be their pilot. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that was very common back then. Yeah. So I think that just takes us to the final clip. Yeah. It's where he gets back home. Or, well, well, they haven't left quite yet. Where Kirby shows up and he's like, hey, uh, did we miss anything? Hey, let's just do what we used to do before you, you know, became a good dad. <laughs> Kirby missed all the action. <laughs> Leave anything for us? Just bodies. I'd just like you to start off your unit again, John. All it would take is you're coming back. This was the last time. Until the next time. Way too much time that passes between them talking to each other. Right. Well, you notice Kirby, uh, he, he kind of said it real quietly. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he'll, he won't hear me, but like uh, there's going to be a next time. <laughs> oh, no chance. Oh. They probably just couldn't do it because Alyssa Milano was too busy with Who's the Boss. <laughs> couldn't drag her away from filming. Well, I did, uh, I did see that they... Did write a sequel uh, in 19- Wait, hold on a second. Are we getting into fun facts? This is a fun fact. Let's get into fun facts Should we here. get into it? Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. So in uh, 1986, a sequel was written by Stephen E. D'Souza and revised by Frank Darabont, 
with an eye to having John McTiernan direct. The script was based on the book Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe, but Schwarzenegger was uh, was not interested in repri- reprising the role. So the script was reworked with a new central character, eventually played by Bruce Willis, and it became Die Hard. So the plot of the abandoned sequel would have seen Matrix being hired by a big corporation to oversee their security to protect their executives from being kidnapped, stop people breaking into their building, and to make sure their computers are secure. Matrix sets it up and hires the most dangerous people to be guards in the building and discovers the people he's working for are in the illegal arms business and the big corporation is simply a front. The end of the movie would see Jenny and Cindy, who is now a lawyer, mm-hmm. trapped in the building, and Matrix now has to defeat all the people he hired, all the meanest, toughest guards, as well as the security systems and guard dogs. <laughs> that is uh, correct. I do remember talking about that when we did Die Hard last winter. Yeah, We didn't go into as much detail as you did. but yeah. Here's a fun fact. So, interesting little... Fun fact, it's a little out there, but uh, so the final battle was filmed at the Harold Lloyd Estate in Beverly Hills, built by the famous silent film star. He was an intensely superstitious man. Uh, Lloyd would never drive around that circular fountain at the front of his house, Hmm. believing it would bring bad luck. But in this film, the villains drive around the fountain and suffer massive misfortune the next day (laughs) when Matrix attacks them. That's funny. So the body count is, uh, according to IMDb, 109, with 102 of them killed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that is a scientific fact! I suppose the other seven are in the beginning. Well, a few of them. Yeah, so there's uh, the garbage truck one, the dealership, there's the, the guard... Well, he's one of the two guards at uh, Arnold's house. And then, what, uh, <coughs> Sully kills a couple people at the mall? Yep. Here's a fun fact. Vernon Wells described his look as Freddie Mercury on steroids. Mm. Uh, this film came out the same year as, similarly themed, Rambo for Split Part 2, starring Stallone. Uh, both films performed well at the box office, although Stallone's film was much bigger uh, was a much bigger hit and cultural, you know, phenomenon. Uh, the fact that Stallone and Schwarzenegger had competing films out in the same year kind of fueled the Stallone versus Schwarzenegger rivalry that went on for years, both with each other and in the media. Mm-hmm. Here's another fun fact. Uh, Mark L. Lester, you kind of mentioned this, really wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to dangle, dangle David Patrick Kelly over the edge without any help. And Arnold said, are you crazy? So they used a crane to hang Sully off the cliff. So the director wanted him to do it without any help Hmm. from uh, equipment. And Arnold declined. Yeah. This one, God, I mean, I guess it might be just so weird that it's true, but I still have a hard time believing this. So screenwriter uh, Jeff Loeb originally wrote the script with the intention of having Gene Simmons play Matrix. But Simmons passed on it early in the developmental stage. Loeb then rewrote the script with Nick Nolte in mind as an out-of-condition former commando. 
The storyline was to concern a special forces agent working in the Middle East who becomes sick of the continuous death and destruction. He leaves Israel, returns to the U.S., and retires, but he is then forced out of retirement after the kidnapping of his daughter. <laughs> but we either want Gene Simmons or an out-of-shape Nick Nolte commando. Uh, not Gene Simmons. Have you, <laughs> have you seen Never Too Young to Die? Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking terrible. <laughs> Which I think that came out around the same time, so he might have turned it on for that movie. Uh, Vernon Wells wasn't the original actor cast to play Bennett. He did audition for the role, but he lost it to another actor. On the first day of filming, however, director Mark L. Lester fired the other actor and hired Wells. This is the reason that Bennett's clothes seem so tight, because Wells was bigger than the original actor, and the production didn't have time to make a new costume. Over the years, a rumor has developed that Wells originally auditioned for the part of Matrix, but this is false. Here's a fun fact. The mansion in the final scene was also used in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. This is the final location of the final shootout between Axel Foley and Victor. I knew it was fucking familiar. Uh, While filming, Arnold Schwarzenegger stabbed himself with a knife and had to get stitches. (laughs) Oops. So apparently they shot a love scene with Arnold and Ray Don Chong, but it was unconvincing, so they dropped it from the movie. I wonder why it was unconvincing. (laughs) Probably because they have very little time together before they're basically fighting to get the daughter back, and they didn't really have any chemistry. (laughs) And he seems considerably older than her. her. And yeah, again, no chemistry. Well, I didn't stop him with Alyssa Milano. (laughs) Well, they obviously had better chemistry. <laughs> They're like old friends. <laughs> Why don't these call him girl, George? <laughs> I don't really believe this one, but we'll see. Uh, originally, the studio execs didn't want Arnold Schwarzenegger to talk at all in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> According to Trivia and IMDb, no talking. I mean, even in his earliest films, like the Hercules films, he's fucking talking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not that well. I'm sure there was some ADR in there as well. But, I mean, Terminator was the year before. That was a big yeah. hit. Obviously, he didn't really have to talk much. and It was very robotic-like, but mm-hmm. he was fine in here. Here's another fun fact. Uh, Arius is said to be a deposed dictator from the country of Valverde. Valverde was a fictionalized South-slash-Central American country used by Hollywood from the 1980s to early 1990s to depict a Spanish-speaking country similar to Cuba or Nicaragua without encountering diplomatic problems. It's also referenced in the films Predator, Die Hard 2, and the made-for-TV movie Deadly Enemies. Mm-hmm. Well, I just solved the mystery of the car that she was driving. It is not a Porsche. Yeah. It is a Sunbeam Alpine, which is a 1960s British sports car. Interesting. We need a clip for anything British. You know, we have, you know, 8, 10 clips for Minnesota stuff. Mm-hmm. We need something really cheeky for, for the Brits. Something really British. Uh, after filming one scene, Arnold told Mark L. Lester to never give Vernon Wells a real knife. Mm. Uh-oh. See, we got some disagreements even within IMDb <laughs> trivia. According to Commando, colon, let off some steam, 07. 
just as a little documentary. The official number as to how many people Matrix kills is 81. Oh, that's not what IMDb says. Yeah. This this also is what IMDb says. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, martial arts expert and fight choreographer Michael M. Vendrell worked with Arnold on the film. And by the end of production, he estimated that Arnold had become a second-degree black belt. Mm-hmm. Here's a fun fact. When we are introduced to Matrix as he comes out of the forest with close-ups on his boots, chest, biceps, etc., it was shot and edited in a similar fashion as Lenny Riefenstahl's uh, Nazi propaganda movies. <laughs> According to director Mark L. Lester, this was done to represent the notion of the invincible man of the earth emerging from the forest. WWE later replicated it with William Regal, the real man's man. Mm. And the vignettes they did of him doing shit in the woods like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because he, he was a real uh, sophisticated British guy in WCW. And then he jumped to the WWE and he was the real man's man. They put him in, mm. they put him in some flannel. Had him chopping wood and shaving in the woods. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. They said uh, Schwarzenegger could bench uh, over 450 pounds, but they made the phone booth out of balsa wood anyway. <laughs> I think we just met. That's the last one I saw. All right. Any other thoughts? This movie is hella fun. Mm-hmm. That it is. Quintessential 80s action movie. And other, you know, it, it just keeps in our theme of Father's Day. Yeah. Another I know Father's Day already happened, but. Although uh, it, it, it's a bit incesty Father's Day, but <laughs> let it slide. <laughs> well, maybe you're just uh, looking at it through 2019 eyes and you're jaded. <laughs> maybe. But yeah, we're going to keep our Summer of Sam going. Well, uh, Melly Gibson's up next. Yeah, we're going to do the Patriot. Yeah. USA, so, USA, <laughs> Ma- movie USA. drone. You better get ready because we coming. Okay. Yeah. Fuck Cornwallis. Fuck that two percent tax on tea. What's I that? ain't gonna stand for it. What's that colonel's name? I could never catch what his name was, but fuck him too. <laughs> what Jason Isaacs? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the one that just kills all the innocent people and burns their homes. Yeah. Those devilish Brits. Fuck the British. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's all in good fun. Well, we'll get into it more in the episode about the Patriot because Mel Gibson is... uh, He goes commando on people. Pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't kill his kids. That's all you got to do. Don't kill his kids. Yep. It's leading up to Independence Day, July 4th. Yeah. Another reason we're doing the Patriot. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Friday the 21st. Yeah. And I'll probably post this episode tomorrow on Saturday. And we're going to record the Patriot on Monday. And then sometime next week it'll come out. So you'll be able to listen to it before the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. As well as there'll be another episode that we're going to release right before the 4th. Rocky 4. Yeah. Good. It's hard to get more patriotic than Rocky 4. Going back to the S in Summer of Sam. Yeah. Old Sylvester. Followed by another Arnold movie. Yeah. I think uh, Terminator 2. Yeah. And then another Mel, which we're going to do Lethal Weapon 2. Mm-hmm. And that leads us in August. Yeah, We're doing breakdowns of uh, First Blood. 
for Sylvester. Yeah. Total Recall for Arnold. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mad Max, or I should, well, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. The Road Warrior. For Mel. We're going to break down all the wrestling connections. Uh, you can't. <laughs> I will listen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, until next time, please uh, reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1. You can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps. Yeah. Check out our merchandise, teespring.com slash stores slash wtmwatchthismovie. We're going to be putting some new designs up uh, either on June 30th or July 1st, whenever I get to it. Be on around the first of every month. I'll put some new stuff up there, and uh, so check it out. Sounds good. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show, and we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you lost my case.